1067 The Fan. Combine this week. Guys get a chance to go out there and show their stuff. It's a little bit more important to some than it is others. Uh, We already heard that Caleb probably won't show. I mean, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. won't show up. We're finding out that Drake May is not throwing, which will tell me probably we can expect Jaden Daniel. We can expect Caleb not to throw as well. Um, There are guys that are considered top, and I think the combine is not the same for everyone, just like anything in life. If someone is a, uh, a higher rank than you, they probably won't have to do all the diff- different things you have to do. B, you know what you told me the first Super Bowl we worked together in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, uh, I don't remember what we were doing, but it, it was people trying to get your autograph, and then maybe, I say, Joe Montana walked by or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you said, you're like, Jay, one thing you learn in the football business, there's always somebody bigger, there's always somebody below you. There and you I go. think <laughs> – I, I think that is so obvious with the um, the quarterbacks, dude. Don't have to go because they can get away with it. Like yeah. it's just a it's just a different scenario, and and I think I personally don't care. And, and so we just got to talk to Adam Peters, and I'm gonna we're gonna get that audio turned around so that we can play it for everybody here. Um, but dude, what he said, he you know he was asked like. Would you prefer to see the quarterbacks throwing? And he's like, yeah, you know, as, as many data points, as much touch points as you can get, uh, you want. But at the same time, you you know, I, I brought up that Eli Manning didn't work out let, yesterday, I think, because people act like this is some new phenomenon. Yeah. Um, dude, Christian McCaffrey is what Adam Peters just referenced when he, he was the first guy to sit out a bowl game. Uh-huh. You know, like none of this is new. And if you consider McCaffrey, like, the GM of the commanders just did to be kind of the uh, the dude that started this. I, he's having a pretty damn good career. See, the whole thing about it is, Jay, people forget those type of things. And I heard different people talking about uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., about this, that, and the other. I want to be able to know your character. Let me tell you one thing. If you've been covering me for three, four years, and you've been scouting me for three or four years, and you haven't figured out my character at that moment, you damn sure won't figure it out in 10, 15 minutes. Or less of an interview, you know what I mean? So it just it gets to the point where we put the quarterbacks on a pedestal, but those other players work as hard as those quarterbacks. I understand, but they get to a point where you know what, dude, you got more than enough information. And as Adam just stated, we want to get as much data point as we can. But that's for you to do your job. So if if I got four years of stuff and you didn't take advantage of it. My extra five, ten minutes is for you, not for me. Am I right? One hundred percent. Yeah. And and I think, you know, we we talking with some folks today, like people are. It's it's always remarkable to me, with football. It's one thing in baseball or basketball or even hockey to a lesser degree where you have. You have guys that have these guaranteed contracts no matter what, and they're going to get paid no matter what. And in football, that's not the case, but people still tend to be like pro ownership or management, whatever you want to say. It's just like an odd thing that I think exists in football. Yeah. Dude, if you're mad that Marvin Harrison didn't come or that Williams, May, and Daniels aren't going to throw, are you mad that whatever it is, at least seven coaches aren't coming here? No, they're not mad at that. 
right? Like, because see, the doesn't one it, have to do with the other? It's 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 the it's the public sentiment that, in a sense, people and, and it sounds crazy. Like when people say, "Well, you know, I pay your salary," that type of thing. People think that they kind of have some control over the players, which you don't at all. Um, one important thing that uh, listen, I can already tell Adam Peters is a dude that doesn't want to tell you much. Um, especially with the lights on, on the record Smart at man. the podium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Smart man. But he did say with us that they have had talks with Cam Curl's representatives. And I think that's, uh, that's at least a step there that you know there's a conversation in place. Um, he talked – he said that, you know, the Niners over the last couple of years have matched up against Washington a number of times and that – the Niners' offensive plans always took into account for Peters. I'm sorry, for Curl. And that, more than anything, tells you some value, like what you need to figure out. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, they have a lot of money to spend. It sure seems like he doesn't want to spend it. Um, or at least he doesn't want to build this team through free agency. And I think you can – I tend to agree with that. I just think if you want to pop back this year right away, maybe you need to spend some cash. But if you if it's a true long-term build and you're willing to take the lumps that will probably come with that, it, it's the right way to do it. But I think you can spend some. I, you're going to have to I, spend some. I mean, you can't go all uh, free agency, but you're going to have to, you're going to, have to go some free agency. And I think you want to get your – if you got the picks at the right positions, you can build your team quickly from the draft. But if you don't have the right picks, you can't just say, oh, we're not going to worry about a guy who's in his third, fourth, fifth year that is in his prime that can help us out. You got to go with that sometimes. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, B. I thought, you know, the curl thing I thought was – Interesting. I, I, they're not going to franchise tag Cam Curl. Um, I'm, I think Cam Curl's a good player. I think he lands. If you look at safety pay, um, I, I've said for a while now. I think the number for Cam is probably around fourteen mil. Maybe with the increase in cap, you know, you you bump that up to fifteen, fifteen five. Um, but see, that's the thing, though, Jay. It's not Cam Curl's fault. That those no. guys those guys signed their deals when they did. Right now, the league has they have a, a, a stepping stone of how much percentage goes where and this that and the other and what people make. If that salary cap goes up and his number goes higher than what you think, you cannot pay him. Somebody else probably will. Yeah, my thing. I'm not saying re- relative to the salary and the actual dollar amount. I'm just saying if you maybe you disagree with me. I don't – I mean, Curl is a good player. I don't think he's a top five – he's probably fringe top ten safety to me in the NFL. So I think it's more about figuring out the right price, paying it, not being cheap at all, but like I, I like Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick, I, I think those guys just perform at a higher level and you don't have to chase that dollar amount. I think I'm they saying. do. I, I'm just saying, though, but when they used Cam the proper way, we saw him making play after play after play. Last year, I don't know what the hell they were doing with him because they weren't using him the same way they did in the previous two years. Well, and you wonder, it, I mean, going into the final year of a contract, if he didn't want to play up at the line of scrimmage as often and take the beating. I, I do think 
I mean, all these coaches say the same thing all the time, right? That, um, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to move guys around and build our scheme to these players. And, and we've heard that from a lot of people, and a lot of times it's proven to be BS. I think if you actually look at what Dallas did, there's reason to believe that's what's going to happen because they did a yeah. really good job of that in Dallas. And I think if you are aggressively using what you've got, I think – you do that with Curl, and you you have an advantage. And I think, like, now, I mean, Dan Quinn was hired end of January, right? And we had mm-hmm. the presser before we went to Indy, before we went to Vegas. So if you consider that, one thing that became very clear talking with Adam Peters, I don't think he is sleeping much, and I don't think – I just think they are they feel like they're running out of time to get all this done. So they hired Peters, I believe January 25th. Ron? I'm sorry. They they hired Peters on January 8th. Or no, the 12th. They fired Ron on the 8th, hired Peters on the 12th. I think Quinn became official the 25th or 26th. No, I I think it was actually later than that. I'm going to look it up. Um Brian, like when we talked to Anthony Lynn last week and we talked to Joe Joe Witt and we talked to David Rye and all these position coaches, they're like, yeah, we're all just, you know, the coaching staff's trying to meet and figure out what our scheme is. Uh-huh. I, I, dude, the time is not on their side here. I, I, they finalized their staff within the last week. And now they're supposed to be here to evaluate, and ideally you evaluate specific to how they fit into your scheme. Uh-huh. And you've, you've got a lot of people that you've done purposely with opinions and, and thought. You know what I mean? They've got their own thoughts, their own, their own input they want to have on the organization. That's a lot of moving parts with not a ton of time. They have to make decisions in free agency and guys they want to release and everything within – Less than two weeks? Yeah, I, but I don't – listen, I, I don't care about that. Seriously, because they – I'm just they, saying they're up against the time. They're up against it, and you know what? That's This is what they do. So they were looking at people that we're probably looking at already, so they got to jump on a lot of guys. And now they just know that, okay, that guy won't fit this scheme because we're doing something different. Or the people they were already looking at going to fit the scheme that they're bringing here. Right. So I'm saying Witt and Quinn are coming here with their system. Kingsbury and his crew are coming with his system. So the people they were already looking at, all you do is turn your attention to them now coming to Washington instead of going to, you know, another team or something that you're at. And, and ultimately, this is all these people do anyway, is look at film and look at people, look at prospects. Right. So they're going to be able to handle that. I mean, it, they, they may want you to think they're tired, so you won't ask them the tougher questions. They're ready for it. They'll be okay. Sure. And, and I think – Especially guys, I thought Witt maybe had the most honest presser, and he's like, yeah, man, it's, it's football. People run the same schemes. Like, some of it is just about being better than the other guy. And, and I think that is yep. is vital, and I think that's a lot of what they are going to say here. Um, I thought Peters had a pretty interesting line when he was talking about Brock Purdy. He was asked about Purdy to start his his major session at the podium before he broke off and just talked with the locals. And uh, he said, yeah, man, you know, 
there was a lot we liked about Purdy. It started with we liked his tape. Then we got to know the kid, and we liked him even more. But I got to be honest, if I knew he was going to be that good, we would have taken him earlier, and he wouldn't have lasted until the seventh round. Um, and then he said, and now my job is to find a new quarterback. I, I think there's some real truth to that. Mm-hmm. He then kind of went back and, and made clear that he had a meeting with – Sam Howell, he said they actually went for a walk around the the facility in Ashburn. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything is written in stone yet. I think they're taking a quarterback at two, but I don't think what's going to happen to Howell is at all decided. It's not decided, but there have been rumors that people want to reach out to trade him and stuff like trade for him. And if they do and you can get something for him, get him. I mean, if you're drafting a quarterback, okay. I, I, listen, bro, I am at the point now, Jay, where all these people that fall in love with everybody that we trying to get, we won four games last year with them, okay? And if you're about to move on to another quarterback and if, if somebody give you something, if and up in here some numbers, and if they give you a better pick than what he was, take it and keep moving. So, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I mean, we, we, can see, we, we, we have fallen in love with Heineke, we how everybody. I mean, game we won with them. Sure. No, I'm, I, I don't think anybody should be in love with anything. I, what, what do I? People have wanted to yell at me about you can't lose Bienemy, you can't lose Howell. Um, you know, you can't you can't start over defensively. Chase Young, how could you trade him for a third? They were four and thirteen. Start start over. It, it wasn't working. Yep. It wasn't working for a million different reasons. But there is zero that demanded that you keep this thing moving. Exactly. Um, Speaking of keeping this thing moving, here's what we're going to do. We just got to talk to Adam Peters at length. It was uh, myself, Nikki Jabala, Sam Fortier, Ben Stanig, Mitch Tischler. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, David Harrison was there. Seawall, uh, Candy was there. It, it was a really solid conversation. You probably won't get to hear this anywhere else. You will hear it here next on B. Mitch and Finley. Brian Mitchell here, and I always demand excellence, whether I'm on or off the field. And if your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for Rude. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18C inverter heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head over to Rude.com. That's R-U-U-D.com, and see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude, because if it ain't Rude, it definitely ain't right. Finley, 1067, the fam. Adam Peters talked for a while at the podium. Then Adam Peters spoke with myself, Ben Sandig, Sam Fortier, Nikki Javala, among others. Um, we turned this audio around for you fast. Thank you to Chris Kerwin, Mitch Tischler, and Jim Mullins for getting it quick. Let's let it play. Here is uh, Adam Peters talking with. A bunch of folks about a lot of things. How does the Trey Lance trade inform your thinking about potentially trading up or down for quarterback? I think any any trade that's ever been made is is a data point to give you a guideline on, on if you were to make a trade, what what the compensation would be. Um, so I mean that's how probably the best answer to that. You understand what the value is if, if you were to make a trade and, and use that with a, a bunch of other comps and your analytics and your admin to, to think about if that's something you wanted to do. All right, this is what it would look like. That data point doesn't make you more or less likely to do it. 
<laughs> Come on, man. Well, yeah. what about this from a player evaluation standpoint with regards to, to that one? How did you, what did you learn lessons from that? With Trey? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get too much into specifics with Trey. I, I think the world of Trey. I think as a person and as a player. Um, there's a lot of different things that went into, that really with him or anybody, that go into your success, you know, or the level of success you have uh, besides your talent level and your character and all that. And there's, there's different, you know, factors that go into that. So um, did learn a lot from that, but um, probably something that I'd rather keep to myself and, and keep it right up here. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think there, there's there's a ton. You know, it's kind of like when you're looking for a head coach, where you have so many different traits, and a lot of them blend into each other. And so, but you're looking for you know the, the face of your franchise, one, and how how they are, how they do that doesn't need to be a big rah-rah guy doesn't need to be a big vocal guy but it lead by example but just be a leader and carry yourself the right way obviously all the talent you want and especially now um, you know if, if you have a, a mobile quarterback that certainly helps but you have to be able to play the position first I think that's first and foremost you have to be able to play the position before you can you know look into all the, the different things in terms of being mobile and all that. how much maybe has that changed since you started as a scout with the pats and brady playing at such a high level yeah. to kind of what quarterbacking is now lamar mahomes i mean all these guys it's, it's shifted yeah the game shifted a lot um i think you think college football for a lot of that um when i was starting i think uh they in new england they had just traded drew bledsoe and drew bledsoe was the, the prototype and then tom obviously and it's evolved a little bit, and there's there's a place for any type of quarterback as long like Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback, but he's not a mobile guy. But then Lamar is like a whole different set of problems, and so um, there's a lot of different ways to to play quarterback very effectively. Um, I do think you do have a few more options if you're mobile, but that's certainly not not an absolute by any means. Yeah, with the with our free agents, we're still working through that, and this is a great week to to have talks with with agents and and talk about our own free agents and really see how that all works together. It's a big puzzle you're putting together, whether it's your high, you're signing your own free agents, <clears throat> evaluating your own players, and then looking at outside free agents as well. So um, probably come up with a lot of decisions coming out of this week, which will be good prior to free agency, but. Um, we're still really in, in the middle of that process. What's your philosophy on tagging players, franchise, or transition? Do you expect to use one this week? Uh, philosophy, um, I think it's just a case-by-case -case basis, I think. Uh, but but this year, no. No, I don't think we're going to do that. Does it matter to you that some of these quarterbacks aren't going to throw? I think everybody, you know, that's, that's the world we're in right now, um, where, you know, Christian McCaffrey started it, not playing in the bowl game a long time ago. But I think um, just with any decision you make in life, if you're if you're going to be a top five pick, you got to make a cost-benefit analysis. And how is this going to help you versus how, how could it hurt you? And if you are, you can fall a lot further than, than go up when you're up there. So um, you know every every guy makes the decision that's that's best for them, and I think you have to respect that. Outside of outside of quarterback, how do you kind of approach this week? Do you target? Uh, particular positions that you want to kind of talk to guys with or is it just kind of a blanket canvas for you as you, as you go through kind of the player interviews and get to know's and whatnot? Yeah, I really appreciate the non-quarterback question, first of <laughs> all, because I mean, that's not what we're here for. We're here for everything. And, and uh, 
But uh, with, with anything, with every player, you can't really focus. You don't ever know what you're going to do in free agency. You don't know like how guys that are already on the team can adapt to your scheme. And a guy who was a backup could be a starter in the new scheme. So you, you really have to uncover every or turn over every stone right, for everything because you never know when you're sitting there in the sixth round and there's a player that maybe, oh, I didn't look at him because that wasn't a big need. And then that's the highest player on your board. So you have to do all the work. and with scouting or like a lot of our jobs, I'm sure your jobs are the same way. There's a lot left on the cutting room floor where you're like, oh gosh, I just spent three hours watching that guy and it never, never came to fruition, but you have to do the work. Now that you've had some time to look at the whole roster, have there been any surprises, maybe an area that's better than you thought and an area that, okay, we actually do need to address that in non-quarterback division? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I don't, again, I don't want to get too, too into specifics about our own guys, um, but there are guys that may may have been great fits in the previous schemes that aren't as good and there's guys that maybe weren't the best fits in the in the previous scheme that, that really fit us so um that was really enlightening going through that because when i started i'm looking through a 49ers lens and would this player fit for us but you really have to look through the lens of your own team and your own coach and your own scheme luckily for us dq's defensive scheme is really multiple and and you can use pe people in different ways and same with cliffs on, on offense so um, you can get really get creative, and there's no, you know, there's no like set spots, you know, for the most part, which is really cool. Previously, you said free agency wasn't a big priority spending wise. Is that still the case now that you've looked through everything, or or do you need to get some new blood in immediately? Yeah, I think you really build through the draft. You always build through the draft, but you always have to supplement through free agency. So we're gonna we're gonna look hard in free agency. We do have. Uh, some some spots to fill. So, um, you know, how we're going to spend and who we're going to spend it on, we still have to get through that. But we'll always remain a, a draft and develop team at our core and supplement through free agency. Cam Curl in particular, is he a guy you would hope to keep? Yeah, we've, we've had talks with, with Cam's representatives and we'll continue to do that. Um, I can just say from playing against him, I think we played against him almost every year. Um, when I was in San Francisco, he was always one of the best players on the defense. The guys we had to watch out for, he, got, he had a game plan for. So uh, I have a lot of respect for him. I've heard great things about him. I'm sure you guys know him a little bit better than I do uh, in terms of the type of person he is. So um, we're going to definitely explore that and, and see if that fits into in, in our overall plans. You mentioned where you guys are now reminds you a little bit of San Francisco. At the yeah. beginning. How much of the playbook, I guess, from, from how you guys built that thing transfers? Um, a lot of it does in terms of you always remember your mistakes more than your successes, at least I do. You know, those, those things stick with you more than the others. So you try not to make the same mistake twice. And so the, the things that we could have done better in San Francisco, try not to do here. And the things that we did well, a lot of that translates. I know it was seven years ago, but um, a lot of the same things remain the same. So just try to lean on those experiences and, and, and do the you know, do the good things well and, and don't do the bad things again. <laughs> when you look at the Panthers trading up to one last year for a quarterback, how do you balance with trading within the conference and, and not hindering yourself giving up too much equity versus trying to make your own team better? Yeah, in terms, I, I mean, trades in particular, you know, you always lean on everybody that you uh, – you, know, you have in the building to give you all the best information. Um, you talk to, in, in those things, especially a, a big trade, you're always going to talk with ownership. You're going to talk with everybody to get, you know, make sure you're making the best decisions. So all of those things and more come into 
account when you're making a, a trade. If yeah. you identify your guy, is there any price that would stop you from getting it? Yeah, I, I don't really want to get into all that in terms of the price, and, and we, we're, we're still really early in the process. I'd, I'd tell you more if, if I knew more, but we, we haven't even met any of these guys yet, so um, I'd probably just leave it at that for now. Eugene Shen was somebody Eugene Shen was somebody who was hired right before you uh, yeah. got here. What We haven't asked about him. Like, what, what's his role going to be see, for, for you and how you help evaluate this team, free agents, draft, et cetera? Yeah, we've, we've had a really good dialogue with Eugene, and, and um, – just, just getting to learn how he can work with coaching, with personnel, with you know free agent pricing, all the different things you can do, uh, and more. So he's been really um, enthusiastic. He's been really good to work with. I enjoy enjoy working with him. So uh, a lot of the stuff we're doing, we're, we're we're flying by the seat of our pants right now, just getting to know each other. But we'll have a great chance to, um, as we go through this process to implement some really cool processes and and some of our own metrics that we want to do to identify commanders as well as the in-game stuff and everything else you do, you know, health and performance. There's so many different avenues you can go down with that, so I'm excited to work with them. How important is analytics for you over your career in terms of what you are trying to accomplish? Yeah, it keeps, you know, it's it's another, I think when you're talking about just player evaluation, it's, it's a great data point, it's a great cross-checker for you, and the more and more you can really tailor it to what you're looking for uh, in players, uh, it can really, really help you gain edges, and that's what you're always looking on. Everybody's got the same amount of money, same amount of players. You're trying to gain edges in certain ways, and, and by having a really good analytics team and analytics uh, department, um, you can really gain an edge that way. Before meeting with him, how are your overall assessments of this quarterback class? This quarterback class? I think everybody says it's pretty good, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks, I'll say that, and there's there's we're meeting with a lot of them, and we're it's Probably, I would say, a, a good year if you needed a quarterback, which I'm not saying we need a quarterback, but if you did, I think there's some really good options and really excited to meet them. Adam, I know it's been a whirlwind of you yeah. all just kind of getting up to speed, coaching staff. Can you describe the culture that you all are trying to build with the commanders? Yeah, whirlwind's a great, great uh, description of what we've been doing. Um, but the culture is just uh, of just great people, great people who love football, who want to win, who want to have each other's backs work hard and just have fun doing it and we've had that so far which is really cool and I think we'll continue to have that and um, that's why we brought the people in that we brought in and a lot of you know like-minded in that in that way a lot of diverse different thoughts but like-minded in, in in those particular things that that's what really helps build a great culture with that Take whirlwind with, with that whirlwind how is like timing of everything where is your timeline on evaluating your own team if you're going to release guys you probably got to decide the next couple weeks you've been so busy have you been able to dive into the kind of roster minutia stuff yet yeah i think you always got to remind yourself you know they say keep the main thing the main thing so What's what's most important right now? What's important now? Win. It's like an acronym, right? So, so figure that out. Like, what's really important right now that I need to get done here for tomorrow, for the next day, and for the next day, and keep prioritizing those things. And that's because there's a lot. There's a lot that comes at you. But um, if you break it down like that, it makes it a little more manageable. Obviously, there's a question about at least from us. Like, how quick are you guys looking to turn this thing around? Be really aggressive in free agency and try to the playoffs next year or understand it could be a bit of a rebuild where are you kind of at mentally and how do you kind of approach having to make those kinds of uh, decisions yeah I, I don't know if we talked about this but it, you, you want to build it responsibly so it's it's sustainable so you know 
spending on a bunch of high-level free agents, you know, that, that you'd probably be better in the short term, but are you better in the long term? That Maybe, maybe not. So try to build a plan where you can build the team up and, and keep it healthy so you can be really good for a really long time and compete for championships year over year. What's your impression of this year's draft class? Are positions where you feel like, you know, there's good depth, others were, you know, maybe less so? Just what's your general impression? Yeah, I think um, if you talk to all the, the draft experts and people and, and really people in the NFL as well, um, they say it's a good receiver class, good tackle class. So those are the – I don't want to get into what's bad because I don't think that's – it's good to talk about anything negative. But those those two are, are really strengths of this draft. So I would – if we're talking about a couple different positions, I'd say those two. All right, B. So now you got to hear from Adam Peters a, a little more directly there. Um, so when people understand what most, I, maybe all of the coaches and GMs that take to the big podium session, they tend to attract really large crowds and get asked some good questions, but a lot of kind of random weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and so usually what most coaches and GMs do is then talk off to the side with uh, a smaller group of people that are kind of day-to-day specific, more specific questions. And so that's what I wanted to bring to our audience there was to get to hear Peters in, in those in those questions. Was there anything that, that kind of stood out for you, B? Not much. I just think he, he was very uh, kind of vague in a sense, but uh, I expect that. Um, but the thing about it is I don't think Adam is overly concerned about the quarterbacks that are not playing. I agree with you that are not performing uh, at the Combine. Because he knows that that's that's just a part of what happens, but I agree with you that he does not want to give you much, right? And he's a smart man, but for not doing that, because any little thing that he gives is going to become huge. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think there there's a pretty clear directive that let's just kind of get through the media sessions we have to deal with and and go forward from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's relatively reasonable. Um, he, he's certainly personable and answers the questions and is relatively direct. But, like, you know, what what do you it, – it's also like when we ask him, you know, what do you think of this quarterback class, on some level, considering his role, right, with the Niners, I doubt – maybe – Caleb Williams, because it's a, you know he's in California and probably played in the Bay Area some. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't want to say something, you know, right or wrong here. It's entirely possible he hasn't even watched these guys throw in person. In person, probably not. Right? Yeah. And like, I mean, that's a pretty big part of this arithmetic, you know. But I would and, think if he was sitting in. Uh... In, in San Fran, they weren't in a position for those, none of those guys. Him to be going, say, let me go watch these guys throw the ball. Right. They were going to be drafting late. <laughs> right. And, Very late. And, like, his the, – the coach he hired was coaching until mid-January. Yeah. And the coaches he hired, a couple of them were coaching until mid-February. So, like – I do. I think some of it is legitimate that he's not locked in on anything yet. I, I do think him talking about the Trey Lance trade was interesting, but probably not important. I remember you 
telling me when that trade went down that you weren't so convinced where that trade was coming from um, as far as who, who was pushing it necessarily, who was or wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I always had found that interesting. I, I did, though. Um, a lot of people have been curious about the role of Eugene Shin, who Josh Harris hired halfway through the season. He did actually open up on that. I, I, I at least want to touch on that briefly. Nikki Jabala joins us at 1 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlays are a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. Listen, you can just be thinking about going with the point spread, who's going to score any points or whatever, but you know what? You mix them together, you have a chance to win a bigger one. How about tonight? Steph Curry over 25 points, minus 270. Over under, 243 and a half, minus 110. And then also, you can go with the spread right here. Well, the point spread, which is minus 10 and a half for Golden State. I think most people would want to take Golden State. But if you think the Wizards are going to stand up, take them, mix those three things together, and you have a chance at getting you close to a $100 bet to get you over 900 bucks. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Brian to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years or older, President of Virginia. Minimum three-leg three leg parlay required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indianapolis Good at job. the Combine. Thanks. Talking to me? Uh, who else on the on the phone with me? On the radio? I don't know. Talking Hello. to you. Clip that off, Landfill. Let me hear that. That might be my new ringtone when B calls me. Him saying good job. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> don't do that. I'm curious for the, for the boys in the aquarium what they heard from Peters. And I'll start it with Jeff, assuming he's sitting down and has his headphones on. Um, just kind of, you know, Jeffrey, this is a new thing for you. You've kind of only experienced the Dan Snyder era. And this is a new thing for most of us, but at least 25 years ago when I was a boy, like I remember what functioning organization uh, looked like. The, uh, uh, question right there. What? Go ahead. You say when you were a boy, I was like, today you can still be considered, you make a lot of boyish mistakes, but go ahead. Well, I was kind of I was kind of exaggerating my math too. But Jeff, <laughs> what did you hear, dude? Like are you encouraged today? I actually am encouraged, JP. This is for once it doesn't sound like someone is just getting on a mic and just sounding like trying to you know how like when people talk to you when they get in new positions, they try to talk to you so like they feel as though what you want want them to say so you can just be like all over. This actually feel like he's actually Thinking, thinking his plan out. He's taking. He's not jumping in the process. He's not rushing it. He's not skipping it. He's he's being transparent and what he wants to do. I'm I'm liking it, and you know I'm here to see how it all pans out. I think that's a fair place to be, Jeffrey. And I, you know what you said, transparent, which I think is an interesting word choice because there's a there's a huge difference between being transparent and necessarily being open. Like, he's being transparent and just not answering stuff that he doesn't want to provide information on. 
right? And he's being transparent and not necessarily providing information in strategic spots. But he, he is telling you that. And I, I think there's value in that rather than, like, some arrogant or condescending nature of, like, oh, you know, we, we can't get into that. Like, I, I, think, I appreciate that. I think ultimately you all asking him questions know the questions he probably won't answer. And the way he answers it, instead of being disrespectful, is you you okay? You're like, you're like I knew he wasn't going to answer the question, but he wasn't like, why are you asking that dumbass question? You know what well, I mean? B, I, I was a little surprised. I'm curious if you were, that, that, that the conversation kind of started with the Trey Lance stuff. Obviously, that needs to be addressed, but generally, like, you know, you can either try to, like, if you're worried the pool is cold, you can go, like, one foot at a time and then, like, slowly get or into the pool. jump all in there? Or, or you can just jump off the diving board. That's that how was I, definitely that's like, how I did it. That was a jump off the diving board question. Um, <laughs> Landini, what did you hear from, from Adam Peters there? Yeah, I I kind of heard um, – it sounded to me like there was, like, a real serious professional as the general manager of this team for – probably the first time in 25, 30 years. Um, like you guys were saying, he's not necessarily going to answer every question you have, but he's not just – he's not going to sit there and, like, lie to your face and tell you that the culture of the team is actually damn good. You know, they're not – he's not going to do something right. ridiculous like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I would just say it seemed like there was uh, an actual competent professional in charge of the organization, which is a nice change of pace. I'm with you. Um, the, the one specific thing I wanted to address was Eugene Shen, who was hired maybe October, um, somewhere in season, and I don't think Ron hired him. Um, Eugene Shen was brought in to be the senior vice president of football strategy um, with a heavy bent on analytics. Um, you know, we haven't got to talk to Eugene Shen. Mm-hmm. Ryan, maybe you have. Yeah, so he was hired October 26th, and if you go back and look at his – resume or kind of what the press release said uh shen will oversee all analytics and software development for the football operation um i think this i I thought peters was pretty honest about that that he's kind of just getting to know shen and i think what a lot of really advanced football operations do is they build out like all their own data and then over time look at that data and look at what works and what doesn't, and then kind of tweak things to what works. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Ravens are probably at the forefront of developing their own data and analytics. And where Not, is he from? Yeah, right? Like, he's from finance Baltimore, <laughs> the finance world, and then eventually the Ravens. So I, I, I don't think people should necessarily be surprised if, if Peters and Shen don't have, like, a deep relationship right now. No. But Peters – also was very clear that he's happy to include analytics and data into his decision-making processes. Because it's part of the uh, whole job. It's part of the, 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 the whole solution. You know, it's not the main thing, but it's a part of it. It's something else. They like say one other data point that you can look at. Yep. And I think that's the ultimate thing where you find out too many people want to go all the way one direction or the other. And I don't think Peters is trying that by no stretch of the imagination. He's like, listen. We're going to look at it, but that's not all we're going to look at. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I think we're going to talk to Nikki Javala next. I think she's going to join me here at the table at the Combine. I will uh, look to get some answers to those questions when we return. You're listening to B. Mitchell Finley.